everybody. This is John at Ubaldi Reports, providing the fact, not fiction on issues facing America, whether internationally or globally. This is a veteran-run podcast with three veterans. Myself, I served in combat in Iraq and Afghanistan in the Marine Corps. My good friend Joe Bitts served in combat in Afghanistan, I mean Iraq, who was wounded there, and big bad Ray Krause, who was also a Marine veteran. So we just wanted to provide fact, not fiction. And everything is factual-based. We're not saying anything where that's trolling or disinformation. Everything is backed up by facts. So tonight is going to be a little different. I'm going to be talking about issues that are facing Americans. But more importantly, the question I want to bring up is, do black lives matter, really matter? And the reason I say that question because I came across a couple issues are facing education. One is, back in August, the National Center for Education Statistics reported that Americans' math and reading scores among ninth graders plummeted through a 30-year low. This is the first kind of testing of the pandemic era, and it mainly was affecting low-income students across the country. Those who are at the higher learning state, they lost a little bit, but they'll be able to make it up. The real pain was that those who are struggling in, the, in their school now face the greatest pain. And then this week, I came across something else, something called WirePoints. It's an independent nonprofit company that details Illinois' economy and government. And one of the things they looked at was third graders. This is the first assessment coming out of the pandemic. And at the Decatur public school system, and this is in 2019, only 2% of African-American children can read at grade level. And that's the reason I bring this up is if Black Lives Matter really truly matter, why do only 2% of black children in Decatur can read to grade level? Now, what I did, well, I also looked around the country. I looked at Washington, D.C. I looked at Los Angeles, San Francisco, Minneapolis, New York. And the same statistics is there. Prior to the pandemic, 70% of minority children, mainly black and Hispanics, could not read or do math to grade level. So what future do they have if they're not being properly educated? Well, I think another question that we should be talking about, John, is why haven't Black Lives Matter, the nonprofit organization, contributed to maybe bettering the black community education uh, yeah because they received countless amounts of do donations well, we're talking into the millions there oh i mean haven't they have they hit a billion are you aware I don't know of that? If they haven't gotten that far yet. and but yeah. they've raised a lot of money from corporate sponsors various progressive causes is there anything that they did with that money is there anything that on paper that we can see that they did to better their communities with those funds. Well, right now there's a couple attorney generals from the, a couple states. One of them is Cal, one of them is California. Now, hardly California is a is a conservative state. They looked into Black Lives Matter and they questioned their spending. So right now, Cal, the Black Lives Matter, their organization, is barred from doing any fundraising in California. And I think. Colorado is the other one, and I believe Washington State is also looking into the fundraising capacity of Black Lives Matter. Now, it was interesting, one of the leaders of the Black Lives Matter organization, she was interviewed in like a panel, and she didn't even know what a 990 was. And the 990s, for our listeners' sake, 
is, and I ran a nonprofit. Every nonprofit has to submit a 990. So how your money is, the money you bring in and the money that goes out, and you have to dictate how that money is spent. Now, through Charity Navigator, Charity Navigator kind of looks at all 990s of every nonprofit. And if more than, excuse me, if less than 90% of all money raised doesn't go to the cause, then they start to give you a questionable ranking. So typically, 90% has to go to the cause as the benchmark. And Black Lives Matter, the organization, hasn't even submitted a 990 to say where all their money goes. How and long have they been around? They've been around since, um, I think, almost like since the Michael Brown incident. So that would be like 2015, I believe. Yeah, so, and they haven't... They, they really haven't submitted anything. And they haven't filled out one 990 since then? Yeah, so they're looked at as being very questionable. So I have a question. Can you use funds from that to buy leisurely stuff for yourself? No, you cannot. You, they stipulate where the money goes. It has to go to the cause. Now, you can take a salary. Huh. There's other nonprofits that take salaries for their, their organization for administrative costs. That's, yeah. that's legal. But there is a, the benchmark in the industry. So if you're, take, if you're making a high six-figure salary or you're making a million dollars for your organization, then you get started questionable there. Yeah. But you got to remember, 90% has to go to the cause. Now, you can use money... For fundraising, they understand a nonprofit is still a business. Yeah, is that you're not paying taxes off that, but you're not going to be rich off that. You're not supposed to enrich yourself off what you're trying to do. And like I looked up, some someone asked me a little while ago, which veteran cause that would you suggest that we donate to? And being the Marines, I looked up one of the Marine Corps ones, and yeah. one of them is the Semper Fi Fund. Okay, and the Semper Fi Fund, and I looked up through Charity Navigator. And they're almost 95, I think about that time, it was 96% of all money raised goes to the actual cause. It's just like, remember um, a few years ago, the Wounded Warrior Project got stung hard when they did all these fundraisers or spending on these trips to Vegas. And it really tarnished their that reputation. It really hurt them hard in the veteran community, especially when one of the leaders, who was a sergeant, made a good chunk of money off the Black Lives Matter organization. Well, also, like, there's just the nonprofit that my wife and I got back from for our kids was the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation, where a lot of the proceeds go to educate or going to the higher education of children, including trade schools. Well, because I worked before I moved to Cal Florida, I worked at a nonprofit out in California. They were like a veteran organization. Now, I couldn't prove it, but everything I saw was they were, I would say, not being truthful of what they were doing for their nonprofit as they supported veterans. I left because of that. Yeah. And then I found out late, about five years ago, I don't know where they're at now, they got in trouble through the state of attorney general in California because they misled people of what they were doing with their funding and they did some very questionable things. So I'm not sure where it all transpired or where it went, but... You got to be, they should be careful. But the point that I'm getting at the beginning of this is I'm a big proponent of education. I know I've said this many times on this program is why is it even prior to the pandemic, if you look at those who claim to support black lives or people of color, 
and that's typically more de the Democratic. I looked at Democratic cities like Washington, D.C. They have they spend about $30,000 per pupil. And the National Center for Educational Statistics brought that up, that they average $30,000 per student. And almost 80%, this is after the pandemic when they first did their testing, about 80% of minority children, black and Hispanic children, are deficient at grade level. Now, Washington, D.C. has been run by the Democratic Party since 1910. So they've that's well over 100 years of one-party rule. So... Muriel Bowser, the mayor of Washington, D.C., obviously she's African-American. I would ask her, if black lives matter so much, why are these kids failing? So you're graduating kids without a proper education so they can succeed in college or in a career. So I did want to go back for just a second when it comes to why isn't Black Lives Matter the nonprofit? Why, where's the accountability? Why aren't they being held to the same standard as any other nonprofit would be at the time. And that's a good question. And that's something the Justice Department needs to be asked. Why aren't you looking into and why isn't the IRS looking into Black Lives Matter? Because you've raised all this money. All these corporations have given millions of dollars to Black Lives Matter. And prior to this pro program, Sharon Osborne mentioned she gave $900,000 and she wants her money back. And I'm not sure what legality has. Can she get her money back? But, I mean, if they're not perpetuating one thing, but they're doing something else with that money, she may have a legal a case. I'm no lawyer, but that's something that the courts and the law are going to have to get into. But the question is, why are the lives of these minority children not fully represented? And why do people who claim to support people of color, why aren't they raising a, a stink? Now, President Biden's own education department, they're so caught up in this woke policy. Why hasn't anybody said anything about the dismal test scores? Even Los Angeles, the uh, L.A. Times got a document from the L.A. Unified School District. And on the document, it says not for public Use not for so not for the public to read, and they showed about 80% of black children and Hispanic kids are deficient at grade level. The state of California is refusing to release its statewide assessments. Is that because they're afraid that with the results in right before the midterm? Well, I think absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of things that I think they're stumping before the midterms, but I mean, going back to this uh, deficiency in reading and math when it comes to minorities is a safe way to say it. Are there any red states or red cities that are experiencing the same? A lot of the, a lot of the cities and states are experiencing the, the same problem. Now, even Florida has its issues with education, but a lot of it goes back to we give, we spend about $800 billion. This is by the Census Bureau to from the federal, state, and local level for education. And I've talked to someone this morning who was big in the state legislature about education. One of the problems they have is they brush up against the, bureau the, the bureaucracy. Now, we're done a little bit better in Florida, and Florida does fairly well. This is by the Heritage Foundation. They're ranked in the, the mid to upper 20s and as a state for quality education. But the problem is you face the, the bureaucracy and the unions. Some states are heavily unionized than others like California, Illinois, New York. And remember, the unions were the ones who wanted to keep the states 
I mean, the schools shut down even longer. Yeah. <clears throat> and that just uh, that it just maybe made them even worse. Than- well, it did. I mean, you already had a problem before the pandemic. My brother's kids who live in California, they were shut down for about a year and a half. But it was interesting as his kids had to learn by Zoom at home. The governor Newsom, his kids were learning at in-person learning at a private school. So this is what I'm getting with the hypocrisy when it comes to education. Those who are big, strong proponents of public schools don't send their kids to public schools. They send their kids to private schools. And you've seen this with Gavin Newsom. You've seen it with Bill Clinton. You have Barack Obama, Joe Biden's kids. I know they're grown adults, but they went to private school. The senator candidate from Pennsylvania, Fetterman, his children go to a private school. So a private school is good for your kids, but not for the citizen that you're supposed to represent. However, I mean, I will retort that if I had the opportunity to put my children through private school, I would. Yeah, but here's the point. This was brought up in at the Republican convention in 2020. Don, Donald Trump Jr. got up there and he said, I went to some of the best private schools in the country, but I'm not going to dictate that other people i want other people to have the same opportunity to go to a better school but why are they denied when the elites get to send their kids to a private school yeah i mean i think it would be really nice for someone to answer of why why is it okay for their kids to be proficient but yet in communities that are heavily in black and hispanic culture why are they allowed to slip through the cracks now at work i get a cross-representation of the public. And I'm not saying it's scientific, but I talk to a lot of them. Make minor- sure you say you're not a cop, John. No, I'm not a cop. But I talk to people <laughs> that are minority, black, Hispanic, Asians, and every time I mention public schools, I mention choice, especially to the minority community. I said, you should have a choice how your children are educated. And if you can't afford to send your kids to a private or a charter school, the money that's allocated for public school for your children should follow you. And this would force the public schools to shed some accountability and find out why aren't these kids being educated. And I know this is a broad topic. You can go into a lot of areas. It is, but I think a few or many episodes ago when we talked to your your buddy from California for the— Oh, yeah. for He was running for— State superintendent for public education. Okay, he Lance mentioned he made a very crucial point, saying that it's the unions that are messing up the curric- curriculum for these for these students. Oh no, your your and, po- point is well taken because we had reports the second largest teachers union run by Randy West Weisgarden. She was in cahoots with the CDC, and actually the CDC took the ver- the verbiage verbatim and they've caught emails regarding that keep kids locked down and they're now fighting about curriculum and you remember Terry was it oh, I can't think of his name right now the former governor of Virginia who ran against Glenn Youngkin he said parents have no say when it comes to educating their children so we're seeing some of these double standards of things not being done and i would question these union leaders I mean, they figure they got $300 billion from the pandemic. Where'd the money go? So I'm going to take this question. Oh, here it and comes. I know here you, it comes. It's a reiteration, but okay. a Liberty RX said, what percentage of third graders in Chicago government-run schools can read at grade level? 
I don't have the answer to what they can read at grade level, but I did look at past, what do you call it, past before the pandemic, and overall 70% could not read at grade level. Yeah, that has always been a contention in our podcast. Yeah, and now going by this report by Wirepoints, this is vindictive. They looked at third graders, but this is vindictive not just to the cities that I mentioned. I mean, there's Decatur, there's Elgin, there's Rockford. But even in Chicago, it's a, it's a dismal failure. Mm-hmm. Chicago Unified School District is broke. And before, which was really an unreported story, I think it was the federal government kind of highlighted it, I think, by the Justice Department. But they found out, and this, is from, this isn't me saying this came out from the Chicago Tribune, 500 girls over a 10-year period were raped or sexually assaulted by the administrators and staff at the school. There was one girl who was raped three times by a volunteer track coach who was a three-time felon. The only reason that it was found out is because someone outside of the school administration reported it. So where's the outrage? And remember, this was all at the time of the Me Too movement. Why wasn't this highlighted? And all these individuals either still at the school or moved on. So who's fighting for these kids? And especially look at what happened during the pandemic. Kids were locked down. Look at the massive learning loss. Even the Johns Hopkins report from the Applied Economics stated that was the worst decision to lock the schools down. I understand in the first little bit we didn't know much, but they kept them locked down even when science said children really are not the carriers or not impacted by the coronavirus. So, I mean, going back to the topic for today is that how can Black Lives Matter maybe interject or maybe improve or make this better for them? I mean, like you said, they're a multi-million dollar, probably over hundreds of millions of dollars of a nonprofit company, yet they're just sitting on their cash. Where could they come in and Well, it goes back to holding Black Lives Matter accountable, but I also want to hold all those leadership in the black community accountable as well. I mean, you got... Let's look at the most leading advocate in the sports world. You got LeBron James. Why is, I mean, I know he does a school up in, I think it was Akron, Ohio, where he came from. He does a small school there. But with his voice and with his notoriety, he can bring a light to the plight of African-American kids in these cities. And if you look at the major metropolitan areas, Chicago, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, Almost all of these have had one-party rule. Like, take Philadelphia. You keep hearing the crime reports in Philadelphia. Philadelphia hasn't had a, anybody other than a Democrat run that city since 1952. So you're talking well over 60 years of one-party rule. Now, what I mean by a one-party rule, and you're in these big metropolitan areas, They have strong mayor forms of government. So the mayor has a direct result of who's going to be on the school boards, who's going to serve on the school boards, what policies are implemented. And they're doing a disservice, not just educationally, but economically. These communities are atrocious. Remember in a couple of years ago when Donald Trump was president and he got, I know his rhetoric was a little bit over the top, but look how he, what he stated about Baltimore. Baltimore is a pathetic, broken city, and the community that they're claiming to serve isn't being served. You've got 
a black mayor, black prosecutor, black police chief, majority of black city councilmen. A but bla- black, well, wasn't a black senator or black congressman? Yeah, and yeah. you see, it's run by their communities, but who holds these leaders accountable? Now, I know some people will say this is I'm just being racist. Okay, I'm white. I got it. But why am I seem to be more concerned about the plight of African-American children yeah. in the African-American community? I'm not from that community. I don't claim to be, unlike Joe Biden, I don't claim to be from that community. I just look oh. at it from a standpoint as this. Who's to say that child isn't going to move forward? Well, our president's from everywhere. Or, but you know he, that? Okay, <laughs> but who's to say that girl... Remember the uh, the movie about the space program where yep. Kathleen Johnson and many other African-American yep, women- my, my son actually did a report on her. Were instrumental in getting to the, up into space and onto the moon. Who's to say that child is not going to be a business leader, is not going to be the next owner of BET? Or what about Ron McNear, who, went, who was killed on the shuttle disaster in 1986, was one of the most renowned physicists in the world? So- Look at the lost opportunity and then look how much money we spend helping these individuals out because they don't have the quality education to get a job, to move, to go to college. So I think I want to maybe looking at this, is there any Democratic cities and Republicans that are maybe have a higher level for educating minorities when it comes to blacks and Hispanics? I mean, that's a good question to look into and ask because mo- almost all the major met- only of all the major metropolitan areas that are run by Democrats, the only biggest city that I know of that is not is Miami. And economically, Miami seems to be doing fairly well. Mm-hmm. They did a report, I think it was on CNN or one of the other cable news shows and said Miami's doing fairly well. But even in Florida, which we come from, it's still you go into that bureaucracy. The unions aren't as strong here as in other states, but you still deal with the bureaucracy at the school district level. And you had a, you had kids in elementary and your son's going into or in middle school. I did. Yeah, and you had issues with one of your children in school, and now because he's now going to a charter school, he's doing far better. And that's why you were given a choice, which we have here in Florida, yeah. but other states don't have that opportunity. Well, I wouldn't say, tra- it wasn't a charter school, but we utilized school choice. You know, that, but Okay, but you have choice. Yeah, and- Some no, parents don't have that choice. Yeah, doing far better. I know that's like one of the like, good things about Florida, except you got to drive them there. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, giving them the opportunity, we've always talked about the opportunity- or the better, best way you can be a successful individual is also through education. Well, it's the only way. The only way to get out of poverty is with a solid education. And the reason I bring that up, my father only had a fifth grade education. My mom only had a grade school education. So I don't say this in a vacuum. I lived it. I had to work my way through school. I joined the Marines to go to school. And then I went to war to get my master's degree. But the point is... I want everybody to have that same opportunity. And the only way, and I mentioned this to a local congressman, I said there should be a three-tracked approach. It should be those who want to go to college, those who want to go the vocational trade, the traditional vocational trades, like the building trades, mechanics, whatever. But there should be a third option, and that is vocation for high tech. 
Now, there's a person in my church who owns a cybersecurity company, and I asked him, do you need to be a college degree for this? He goes, no. The Russians who just recently hacked into a grid, they don't have high college degrees. They just have the wherewithal to hack. I talked to another individual who owns a drone company, and even he said, you don't need a college. You just got to have the temperament and the technical knowledge how to do this. So we need to get out of this idea that everybody needs to go to college. And just because someone went to college doesn't make them smarter than somebody didn't. And I would look at the administrations of both parties. Look what they've got. We've got, we're in, a, we're in an economic mess. The producer price index came out where it's 8.5, inflation's going up. First they said it wasn't a problem. Oh, now it's transit. Oh, oh now it's gonna go away. They took us into all these wars. We didn't even want anything. Yeah. So these are the best and the brightest? Apparently not. So I'm going to take DM Danger's comment said, Republicans want to end public schools. What are they going to replace it with? It's not that Republicans want to end public schools. They just want to hold public schools accountable. And if they're not being accountable, they want to start charter schools, private schools, anything that the parent wants to have their children go to they have choice and that's the problem these kids who go to these inner city schools don't have choice they're stuck in these failing schools and each year your child is not being educated that's a year they're learn they're losing and they're not gaining that back so it's been maybe uh, under the previous administration and maybe the possible future administration we'll see where this goes but about maybe getting rid of the education Department of Education in itself, where do you stand on that? Do you think that's a good idea? Or right now, I would see abolish the public ed- the uh, federal Department of Education. And the reason I say that, up until 1978, there was no Department of Education, and we went to the moon without the Department of Education. Mm-hmm. So factor that in. Since 1978, our scores haven't improved. It's just one big bureaucracy that funnels money to the bureaucrats and not to the children. As much as people want to say they support kids, they're not. All right, I'm going to I'm going to take this one from Beach Baby 226. Hey Beach Baby. Hey Beach Baby. <laughs> Where did all the money go that has been sent to the urban schools or decades? That's a good question because we at this point Four we don't decades. know. Sorry. And you got to remember even beyond just what's going for the decades, where did the 300 billion dollars go? for COVID relief during that period of the pandemic. There's been no accountability. There's been no looking at it. And it's ironic. President Biden wants to audit Pres- I mean, Governor DeSantis for shipping migrants north. He's not looking into the abuse of the COVID. He's not looking at the abuse of a power of the schools. He's not looking at how teachers unions manipulated the data to keep schools closed, but he's only going to go after this. So, and who's going to fail behind? These kids. So going into one time we've discussed that there was about, what, $90 billion going into education for the country? You know, for each year, it's $800 billion. Okay, wait. <laughs> and that's not me saying this. That's from the U.S. Census. Can you bill. imagine NASA being funded $8 billion, $8 billion a year? $800, $800 billion. billion a year? And that's from the federal, state, in local level. Uh-huh. Education for years has been localized at the states. It was only when Jimmy Carter was president, and that was more of a giveaway to the teachers unions to get 
a Department of Education. But if you look at a cost analysis, we haven't improved that much in education. But we still keep funneling money to bureaucrats at the expense of kids. And we need to get, because if we're going to be competitive around the world, I mean, America spends more than every other industrialized country. But we don't get the bang for our buck. So this needs to be looked at. So have we got anything else, Ray? There's been a few. <laughs> There's been a lot of interaction uh, There's going been on some here. comments between. So I'm going to take this one. You go. Um, what do we got? Political Latino One said all fiscal dollars are accounted for. What are you talking about? I would disagree. Any government program, I could go down the line, has not been fiscally accounted for. And even though we come from the Department of Defense, I would look at the Department of Defense as well. Yeah, okay. All money is not fiscally accountable. And that's just fact. That's why we got a $31 trillion debt. Every department, every agency, every entity wastes billions of dollars. So one last thing from Political Latino, is that it? Yeah, Political, political Latino One. When was the last time you were in a classroom, John? I used to substitute in, in Tampa. Okay. So it's been a cut The last time I was in the classroom teaching was 2016. But, I mean, in order to maybe add, so Ray, his mother is a teacher. Uh, my mother-in-law is a teacher. My daughter is going to be a teacher. But, I have aunts that are teachers. I have a lot of people that we are wrapped up in the educational system with. But here's the point. Does it really matter if I've been in the classroom like t- today? But, okay, but here's the point I want to make. Is, does it really matter? But when you look at reports that come out, even the, the National Center for Education Statistics that said – when they looked at ninth graders, their test scores in reading and math plummeted. So yet you're c- complaining to me that I haven't been in the classroom. When you look at the results from education, I got my brother's kids who were in class. They were stuck learning at home when a governor was kids were learning at in-person learning at a private school. So I'm the fault. Maybe the educational establishment needs to be held accountable for the billions of dollars that are wasted and kids are not being educated. And I would say, you can look it up. Look at the facts. Go to any city. Go to any state. Black and Hispanic kids are not learning the way they should be. And they're just wasting a resource. Yeah. So we really got to thank Liberty X. She's really got her back here So uh, on TikTok. So thank you, Liberty. Thank you very much. Keep on joining us. So we're going to be doing every live. We're doing lives every Wednesday at what time? John? 730 in the evening. And how can Easter you get a, standard how can you go ahead and get a hold of us, John? You can get a hold of us by going to Baldy Report. Uh, Baldy Reports at gmail.com. That's Baldy Reports at gmail.com. <laughs> you could also look at up on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and all the streaming sites. Let us know what you think. You may not agree with everything, but we just want to make sure everybody has a chance for a solid education, and parents should have a decision how their kids are being taught, what they're being taught, and where they're being taught. So, and Ray, he mostly focuses on Second Amendment issues, great guy, but not today. He was more of a question reader, so if you have a question, you want to put it on TikTok or Instagram, he will happily vet it, and we will... Ask it for John, but if they, Ray, if they want to get a hold of you for Second Amendment issues, gunsmithing, and or notary in the state of Florida, how can I get a hold of you? My email is Raymond, R-A-Y-M-O-N-D, dot G-S at gmail.com. And yeah, Second Amendment related, gun control. We are looking to push to get this gun range built in the Tampa area, and hopefully 
we're going shot show. Yep. So hopefully. <laughs> and if you want to hear Ray and I get a little bit more down and dirty on our own podcast, All American Gunslingers, where we put the politics a little bit to the side so we don't have to deal with morons like John NYC, you can go here to All American Gunslingers and just they get a little edgier than this. Edgier. Show. We, we go talk about whiskey. We talk about guns. We talk about cigars. We talk about dude shit. Sorry, dude stuff. Hopefully somebody will beep that out. <laughs> So you can go ahead and reach us there. That's We're on all social media platforms. We are allamericangunslingers at gmail.com. And you can catch us on All American Gunslingers everywhere else. So with that, everybody have a great day. Until next time, until next Wednesday, every Wednesday at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, you can listen to Ubaldi Reports. Chime in, let your friends and family know. Until next time, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. 